Just don't turn your like, fucking hello. head. Just be like, just <laughs> be like, Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Hey, Tom. Uh, yeah. You know how Ninja Turtles only had one side of their mouth. That's open? true. I yeah, loved drawing times. that as a kid yeah. so much. Be like the line and then like the fucking oval with the teeth in it. They're like kind of half scowling and <laughs> yeah. They're angry all the time. They all got John Oh my god. Could you imagine if the Ninja Turtles talked like John Cartier? I bet you they didn't go back. Oh my god, Quebecois turtles. <laughs> Fuck! Oh my god. There's times where I really wish I was talented as like an animator or something <laughs> to like do shit like do like straight up Quebecois to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So like instead of New York, they're in the sewers of Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> instead of pizza, they're getting like delivery poutine. poutine. Yeah, they're, they're poutine! <laughs> Booty. Hold the anchovies, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Awabunga. <laughs> Lake Awabunga. <laughs> Lake Tubular. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Hobby Name Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me as always are... Ward, Mike, and Dan. No, Steve. So, as is customary, three, two, one. Fuck Steve. Fuck Steve, Steve sucks. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Wait, I'm, did you do this when I wasn't here last week? Yes. Yeah. You assholes. <laughs> I thought, like, we've done it, because I think we've been missing one person almost every podcast for the last couple months, <laughs> and it's just getting a habit of whenever we're missing someone, we just... Say fuck them. Are we really missing them? <laughs> not. Whenever they're not here. <laughs> oh, man. Unless, you know I'm sitting with an arm. Unless they were going to bring beer, I would say no. I missed that. Yes. Mm. That is fair. Uh, so, let's jump right into it. Mike, you are here this week, so yes. we do have a This Week in Hobby segment. Last week was most exceptionally sad. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys do anything last week? I did some stuff. I had a little bit. Like, everyone had a little bit. No. Not, no. Dan, no. Dan yeah, did sorry. not have anything. <laughs> sorry, you're right. Three of us did a little bit. Dan had Battletech. I recall the words being, I've played as much Battletech as I have worked this week, and I still worked a full work week. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. There was something wrong with you. No, I don't want that. <laughs> Mike is making weird hand gestures, and I'm just handing him things. Yeah. You're no good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, why don't we start with you, Tom? Well, I painted up four of my, um, Krabbits. Krabbits? Krabbits? For, yeah, for my Grimkin Army for War Machine. Oh, okay. They're like crabs and rabbits. Yeah, they're half crab, half rabbit. Oh. Krabbits. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I did that when I was down at GrotzCon uh, judging the painting competition for AMSA, because I just wanted to paint some random shit. Or I could show off some different techniques or whatever else. And Grimkin fill that category of random shit to a T. Yeah. Very random. Uh, the only problem was that I was like, these are going to be a great model to show off, like, two brush blending. And the venue, it was so hot and so dry that, like, the second you put paint on the on the model, it just was, it was dry. Like, there was, it was impossible to do any blending on the model whatsoever. So. Perfect. Did you, did you have a wet palette? No, it, it did not matter about the, like, I could take the paint 
out of the pot, put it on the model, dry. What if you kept the paint in your like mouth? It was no, it's contact with the, the model, model ward. It was the contact. What if with you the put water. the model in your mouth and the paint in your mouth and then just paint in your mouth? See, that might actually work. Wet mouth blending. Wet mouth blending. Yeah. Uh, no, but so I ended up having to bust back into mo- one of my favoriteest of substances, lamian medium, and just make make washes because oh. that actually worked. It's a good plan B, mm-hmm. right? So that worked out. So I did up the four of those guys. I uh, converted up all of the treemen for my halfling team for Powtown. And got them about half painted now. Tree so persons. They they prefer to be called that. No, they're oh, they're fucking tree men. Tree tree persons. It's very presumptuous of you. No, it's not. It's fucking dirt through. Plant people. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the like vaguely like inappropriate questions by bringing up the question. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in asking, it's it's kind of like when someone says, you know, I'm not. I don't mean to be racist, but... I'm going to be. You, you're gonna be. You're gonna say it. And so, like, the... Yeah, I'm just saying. Rain it in, boys. No They're offense, fucking tree men. No offense, but... Right. Like, yeah, right, yeah. Right? Okay. Right? They're tree men. All right. And if I have to sculpt penises on these fuckers... Because <laughs> then I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel like if you had, like, a big mushroom, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, God. Uh, man, I do still want to have the only person in this podcast that's ever sculpted a penis to, to be Dan. Like, I want I want that to be stay a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he could do the penis, you could do the mushroom. You got no all, threat for me, but it's all you. Like, I'm Good. still planning on sculpting some massive testicles for those Tanaki models I got from Alifo. But the penis is less, less necessary than the massive balls. I feel like you should probably do both. Yeah, like I will, but be weird otherwise. But it's a little peen and big mm. balls <laughs> <laughs> at twenty eight mil, you know. Um, no, and then I got a little more work done on the halflings. Like finished up the base coating, so uh, they're basically ready to wash and roll at this point. So, um, and I started mapping out where the display base is going to look like. Sweet. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Ward. Uh, I have also worked on some Blood Bowl. Woo! Uh, I finished the basing of uh, my undead team, and I have also started on the color scheme, so it's going to be blues and reds and uh, some neutral browns, and uh, yeah, I have a few weeks to finish. Yeah. So we're going to see how that goes, but it looks promising. Mike? Do you just want me to say a lot so I don't embarrass everybody and then we can go on to Dan? I'm fine. No, honestly, like, <laughs> whatever you say, it's okay. going to be followed by housework and battle tech. Yeah. Oh, yep. God. <laughs> that's, that's true. Okay, well, I've got the uh, Magor's Fiends done. Uh, I almost finished the, uh, the Far Striders. I did finish 100% my Goblin Blood Bowl team from start to finish in three days. Wow. You saw that. Those three days. And I've got the core rebels, the core set of the rebels, ninety five percent. Then I got to do some oh, beards. The Legion. And what's that? Legion. You Legion. Yeah, okay. I've got to do some beards and some belts, and I'm done. Sweet. And yeah, okay, that's it. Did you did you find on uh, Mangor's fiends like the dog had like a really bad line in the center in the, of the center? Head? Yes, yes, I had okay. to I had to green stuff. Okay, that. that's that's where I'm at. I built I built the rest of my. Um, oh, and I did dog drool. So much fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not bad. Oh, you're waiting for me to say now things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're looking at you, Dan. House co- uh, <coughs> house cleaning and battle tech. Did that cover for you? I'm try- actually trying to think if I've done more housework and yard work or battle tech in the last couple weeks. It's a tough call. Yeah. About a fifty-fifty. Because there's I, been. I like how that's a tough call. Well, I did uh, s- battle tech. I took like eight garbage bags full of like raked eight garbage bags worth of like pine needles and pine cones and sticks out of the grass. Mm. And of course, that's your hobby now. So that that took forever. And uh, you should build some treatment. The hobby of being <laughs> a homeowner. Yeah, yeah. I was doing some sweet terrain work in the yard. It was good. But um, yeah, I've basically been doing nothing but yard work and playing video games in those rare moments in between yard work. So. And when building IKEA furniture, because when my parents were coming to town, I found out at the last minute that they're staying here. So I was like, I should probably have a guest bed of some fashion. So I had I had to build IKEA furniture. Mm. It was good. Planning. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> okay, so um, shut up and take my money. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna not say mine because I want that to be the first period. Because mm-hmm. I bought something that I'm really excited oh, yeah. about, and we'll segue into it. So Ward, what about you? Uh, I made two purchases, I would say. So uh, this year is the first year that Frontline Gaming is doing uh, pre-selling some of the tickets for LVO. So if you buy a high roller package the following year, you're eligible to pre, uh, pre-buy pre tickets about three weeks for some of their hot ticket items. So uh, another high roller package, the 40K Champs, Age of Sigmar Champs, 3-Day War Machine, um, the narrative event, that sort of thing. Huh. So I picked up another high roller package for next year. So I'm committing myself already to, to be going in February. And then I also dropped a bunch of money on Forge World, actually, just the other day. What? Did you use the free Dreadnought Arm deal? I did use the free Contemptor Dreadnought Arm deal. So if, I, if you bought a Dreadnought with two arms, the cheaper of the two arms was free. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I bought four. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. not four arms, four contemptors. Are they all for your thousand sons? No, they are not. Uh, three of them are for my thousand sons. One is an imperial fist, and one is an imperial fist contemptor. So, so three of them will get painted. Probably, <laughs> probably a safe bet. But uh, I was going to get Dan to possibly help me. I ordered an extra uh, close combat arm because I actually want to take the fist off and make it into like a missile pod arm. So that way, really, like a battle tech. Arm with the the missile racks Ugh. in the hand itself. You broke the taboo. You yeah, I did that break the taboo. That sounds pretty cool. So I was gonna get you to give me a hand with that because that is an option for the Hellbrutes to have a missile pod for the arm instead of the missile rack on the back of the Contemptors, huh. which is the traditional way that they are equipped. So that sounds actually really cool. Yes, I look forward so to I'm that. I'm gonna try to do that, and yeah, so I have a bunch of resin, hopefully gonna be on its way right away. Woo woo. Mike, Mikey. I bought Gang War 3 and Vansar guys and have been furiously putting them together, priming them and starting the base coats. But yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. What color scheme I'm are you going to do for them? I am going to go with the teal and the purple. That's Okay. That's Traditional? Looks, yeah, it looks too good. Not going to go like full Mass Effect or anything? There's so many people doing video game inspired uh, color schemes just because they look like inspired by so many uh-huh. video games. Yeah. Yeah. I would have a hard time choosing. Yeah. But um, for myself, I was going to go buy Gang War stuff and then I found out that the books didn't make it to that store on time. So I haven't bought Gang War yet. 
I'm trying to think of anything hobby related. I bought a lot of IKEA furniture. It's basically like building a model kit. He has yeah. them in now, by the way. Yeah, I should. We'll have to go for a drive. I should. I should probably leave. Uh, I can be back in time for the podcast stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally reasonable choice. <laughs> yeah. But um, probably could actually. <laughs> but yeah, I actually don't think I bought anything hobby related in the last two weeks. Anything you're excited to buy? Everything from Warhammer Fest. <gasps> okay, so we'll we'll put that one on hold because this is gonna kind of be like. I honestly feel that today might almost just be like a really long shut up and take my money. <laughs> Uh, because, Christ, Games Workshop, I keep saying this, they keep amazing me. And I, w- I want to lead into the first period. We talked about this before, but Gretchen's is out. It's a thing. Like, the the Grot Racing board game, I was playing Blood Bowl at Red Claw last weekend, and at the front of the till, I see this red bo- or this orange box with blue writing. I was like, no. No, I it can't be. And then I pick it up. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. So I just hand it to the lady. I'm like, I'm going to buy this on my way out. Do not let it go anywhere. And holy shit, it is everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, it is It is yelling and frantically rolling <laughs> dice and bullshit happens and everyone's enjoying themselves and it's a good time. It is completely ridiculously fun. Yeah, and, and like... It's funny, it's not often that I get a board game that I get so excited about that I'm going online and checking out reviews and seeing like how other people are playing and the how-to videos and all this other shit, and the only negative reviews I've seen so far for Gretchen's are people that want like a serious strategy game. Yeah, that's, that's not what not, this is. No. It is not. Like, Gretchen's, oh my god. So the, the two mechanics that I love more than anything is that you get three d6 that all have, they have different actions on them, on the sides, and you roll those dice, and whichever side is face up is the actions that you're going to take with your buggy. You can keep re-rolling any number of the dice as many times as you want until one of the players yells, WONG! And then you all have to stop. And whatever you have in front of you, you're fucking stuck with. You have to do those actions. You have to do them. And like if you don't have the cards to do them, you can start damaging yourself. Like It's just bad. Like if you if you get the wrong ones in front of you, it's really really bad. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, and then the other piece that's really fun is you have a hand of cards that you use to attack from, and it's basically either like a hit or a miss. And when you're making an attack against enemy buggies, you are choosing two cards, and if one if, if both of them are a hit, you cause damage to them. And then, but any other result is basically going to suck for you. But you don't know what's in your hand. Your opponents do. Yeah, like, it's have, full you blind. To, you have to hold your cards outwards instead of, like, reviewing them, so... Which is pretty interesting, so... Yeah. So, like, the whole time, you, like, if your opponent's going to take a shot at you, you're seeing the cards, <laughs> they're thinking about picking, and, like, there's that... It's kind of funny when they're, like, hovering over top of a miss or a hit, and they're kind of going back and forth, and you're like, just just fucking not the hit, not the hit. <laughs> Take the one on the left, the left. <laughs> but it's really exciting, it's really fun, the gameplay's really fast. Like, I got, um, you know, you, like, Ward and Mike and our friend Truman um, to try out the game for the first time, and it only took us, like, half an hour to play. And with four people. With four people. Like, that's max players, three of them having never played before, and we're still done in 30 minutes. Yeah. And I feel like if there was less explaining and more just doing, it would have only probably taken about 20. Oh, yeah. Second, second game would have been a lot, lot faster once, uh, once the first, even the first round of the first game 
Like, we knew that we had to roll dice, we had to yell log, and uh, the game board itself is interactive because you can never go straight. You always have to go left or right when you're, when you're going down the field, uh, which is interesting. And then whatever you land on, there's, there's, you can like, lose cards, you can gain more cards, cards that you can actually look at when you pull, um, blind cards. You can go through puddles of water to... Basically put out the fire. F- fix your buggy. Yeah, put out the fires that your buggy is. Or there's the the weird boy storms. You get to take cards from your opponents. From your opponents and everything like that. So like so there's a and and because you shuffle the card deck every single game or every single time that you have to go through the deck itself, like it's it's constantly going to be a little bit different for you. Yeah, and like I think the card buggies for what they are look great. Um, they're fun. They're quirky. They really have the character of Grotz. The artwork on—I I was surprised at how good the artwork was for all of this. Mm-hmm. Like it's bright, it's fun, it's very cartoony, and it just—it feels really Grot-like. And one of the one of the pieces of feedback I kept seeing online was considering how grim dark 40k often is. This is like a really refreshing look into something that's. Not so grim dark in the 40k universe. Yeah, the Gretchen are. I like to think the Gretchen are one of the comic relief characters of 40k. I don't necessarily like it when the entire orc race is treated as the comic relief, but if the Gretchen, as like a subset of the orcs, are the the comic relief, then I still think that keeps the army fun and in character for the universe, but adds that little bit of humor and randomness. And fucking insanity, basically, to the universe. Yeah, so one of the things that's really cool about this game, it was only 40 bucks Canadian. So, um, and that was presumably basically like full retail at a store that doesn't really offer discounts. Um, I, there's not many things I walk into a store and see and just like have to buy. Like there's no, no questions. Like it's just, it's going to be mine. I need it. Like I, they could have charged like $80. I would have probably still fucking bought it. Um... But either way, it's surprisingly affordable. Um, everything fits nicely into it. But what's really neat is you can actually expand it from four to eight players by buying a second box, and you can reconfigure the the buggies so that it's like blue and red instead of just red or blue, and you can have the different colors. And on the alternate sides of the tokens to differentiate which grot buggy you're playing, it actually already has those broken up colors. So you can potentially play eight players, which would probably be insane. Yeah, I don't. It'd be like Bugman's with playing like full amount of characters. I don't know. You'd just be ramming into shit because you don't get to pick which way you go. You'd be shooting. No. Yeah, there'd be a lot of shooting and a lot of buggies not getting very far. I don't think that be, would feel very. There'd fast. be a lot of collisions if you were to play the Bugman style drinking game of it. I think you would basically never finish the game, but just be really drunk. Yeah. So, pro tip: um, if you want to turn into a drinking game, every time you take fire, you drink. Take fire or... Take fire. Okay. So take a damage token, yeah, which okay. is a little fireball. And if you ever get an explosion, you got to finish your drink. Ooh. You would have been the only one drinking last Yeah, game, but, like, so. you don't... It's yeah. honestly not that bad, no, right? Like, in no. the course of half an hour... If you just cracked your beer, then maybe it would be a little bit rough. You, you're probably going to get through a, through a regular-sized drink over the course of the game with those kind of rules. You're probably not going to get too much more than that. Yeah, because Tom and I, we played several games, and we never got one of the explosion results on an attack. Mm. I think there's only a couple of them in the whole deck. That, which makes sense. There's more fire than yeah. malfunctions or self-explosion. Like way more way I, more hits than anything else. I don't know if it's full-on like um, red and black Joker style where there's two in a deck, or if there's ten or what. I'm not sure what the ratio is. But the main thing is we never came across one when we were playing. 
Gotcha. Yeah. The other thing that we didn't use this time around, but that is an interesting mechanic, is actually the clans. So depending on if you want to play with the clan rules, uh, there's a dice that has a clan symbol, and uh, depending on which clan you are, you get to use a special ability if you roll those dice. So. And they have all the clans, like all of them, which is, I was kind of surprised, they even have fucking freebooters. Like, it's not just, oh, you've got the bad moons and the fucking death skulls and the goths. Like, no, you got snake bikes, you got blood axes, you've got freebooters, you've got... Evil, evil sons. Evil sons. <laughs> I was maybe avoiding him because I know that's what you play. <laughs> uh, but they're all there. It was really cool. Um, the, I, the abilities are really fitting as well. Yeah. Like, they really fit the characters of the clans where um, the bad moons get, they get to, basically they count that symbol on the dice as an extra draw cards symbol. Yep. Where goths, they count it as an extra attack symbol, that sort of a thing. Like, the... The characteristics of the clans are reflected in their abilities surprisingly well for how yeah, simple the for game is. For a card game, yeah. Like, so. the freebooters can take a die from somebody else. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, it's it's really neat. Um, I think the one thing about this game um, is that it almost instantly, upon putting together the buggies, I'm like, these are really cool, but, okay, now I need to convert my own. I need miniatures. Yeah, so one one of the options that, tanks. that we looked at, yeah, was the Grot tanks from Forge. Well, because you get them in a pack of four, which fits perfectly with the four vehicles that you need yeah, in the box set. Gorgeous models. But that also yeah. like makes a forty dollar board game turn into a hundred and fifty dollar board game. So. But you know what? Fuck it. You can but also if you play orcs, you can use those models in your army. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, like. So. Um, and if you split the set with a group of friends, so that each person gets their one tank, then it's it's only like. $25 extra a person? I, I, yeah, I would chip in for my own little grot tank. <laughs> right? And then you can paint it up and do that whole thing. Like, I, I think for me, it kind of... Although, op- that way, every single person would have a red tank, because they clearly go faster. They do. Uh, Except they didn't, because you didn't win. Truman did. He was playing... Um, he was green. Bad move. No, yeah, he was green, yeah. He was green. See, if it was Nathan and he won with the green one, it would make sense. <laughs> that is true. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but no, honestly, I, I don't think I can recommend this game enough. Like, it's not something that I would play every night. I think any of these kind of board games, don't overdo it in the first week. Like, take it easy, play it a couple times, um, give it some time away so you can actually enjoy it long term. Instead of just like, let's play Cards Against Humanity for 45 hours every time we hang out and go to a party, and then never want to look at the game ever again. Ever. True. Yeah. Ever. Absolutely. The, right? The game has a lot of replay value in that the shit that happens is barely even up to the players. So you're, <laughs> like, it's it's not going to be the same experience over and over, but at the same time, yeah, it, it is going to lose a little bit of the novelty and a little bit of the randomness. Seemingly, I don't know. It, it, I could see it losing its luster if you were playing it every single week. Yeah, but as that sometimes food, like for me, it's easy to throw in my gaming case if I'm going to go, like, I'll be bringing it down when we go to Powtown. Because it fits in my Blood Bowl case, like, perfectly. Yeah. It's creepy how well it fits. And it'll be a lot of fun to play. Like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe even Lock and Load, it's easy to throw in your bag. Yeah. Because it's not a very big game. It plays quickly because it's not like these other board games where guys are like, hey, want to get in like a Twilight Imperium game? And you're like, no. 
Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to give you the next four hours of my goddamn life. Like I have other things I want to do. Like if you ever have to kill a few minutes, you can play it. It takes up a surprisingly large amount of space. Is maybe the only downside, especially if you're playing with like four or five players or whatever. Like we almost took up a four by four surface just to play with four players. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I I play it again. A hundred percent. Like we, depending on how quickly we record this podcast, I might be encouraging another game after. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, I give it five pucks. Ooh. Who's next? I will give it four pucks. Why? Uh, because I would also want to buy the Grot tanks. <laughs> that is why. Okay, but if it so, the price point is way higher for me. No, okay, but if it, but if it was 150 bucks and came with like beautiful multi-part plastic kits, would you call it five? Uh, or the no, fact that it's 40 no. bucks to get into the game and you have the option I, uh, to yeah. spend more money if you want to, but you don't have to. That's why I call it a five. Like it's the perfect price point for the right quality that you can upgrade if you want, but you don't have to. Yeah, that's why. I, the, the, honestly, I can't see. I, I know I'm fighting you, and it's your choice, not mine. But like. And if it makes it any better, that forty dollars, I found it a lot cheaper online in about five seconds. Yeah, so it is not an expensive game. All right, five, five. Like I'm sure if you with five seconds of searching and like Meeple Mart or whatever, it's probably like twenty five to thirty. Twenty six. Canadian? Yeah. Let's order. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, twenty six Canadian. So yeah. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. At Meeple? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Or well, yeah. 40s is totally reasonable. I that's the fun. Okay, you know what? It's a deal at twice the price. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. honestly, I'm giving it six bucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you can buy this thing for like under thirty dollars after tax, fuck. Yeah. No, fair enough. Like that. I like that. Really? I might have to buy one now. What do you mean, might? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Mike. I'm gonna give it four bucks. Go ahead, fight me. I just want to know why. Because it's, uh, I had a lot of fun. It's situational. I don't think it'll have the holding power it has on me that it has on you. That's fair. I, I'll totally admit. This is like the game that was made for me. I love Mario Kart. You I love, love 40k orcs. You love logging. I love... Oh, yeah. The fact that I get to yell log while I'm playing a game is really fun. Yeah, because you've never done that before. In the middle of a tournament. In the middle of a tournament. Randomly. It was never random. It was <laughs> always when I had to call the Inside a s- store inside of the mall. Mm, or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when you run in mega battles and the, those <laughs> kids are getting excited, it's fun when you get to play the game of, can all of the kids in the mega battle mega battle be louder than Tom? See, Ward, I stood my ground. It's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm weak. <laughs> but that's, that's a fair argument. If you don't love fun, you might not love it as much. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Conversely, I do hate fun, but I did like this game, so I'm going to give it five. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, oh. yeah it, is, it is a lot of fun. It's, it is a very simple concept, but it is very well executed. Like, the, the artwork and the design and everything are very simple, very straightforward, but super characterful. So, like, I can't fault any of this stuff, really. The rules you can pick up in, like, five or ten minutes and away you go, and that's generally one of my biggest obstacles with board games is if it takes two or three freaking hours for people to even understand the game, it might not be worth playing. But, yeah. um, because, yeah, I just, I like board games to be a little bit quicker and easier to show to somebody new, and this game is that perfectly. 
Yeah. While, while still introducing them to the nerd aspect of our hobby, right? So yeah, it's like, hey, this is this is the universe that I play stuff in, and it, this look how crazy this is. I also every once in a while think back to like, could I turn this into a sweet thing for an event? And in my head, it <laughs> wouldn't be that hard to like do up a cool looking board. And maybe ignore the card aspect for, like, the tiles being set up, but, like, have the board for the race done up with, you know, markers for different things happening, and then just use the cards for the attacks and shit. Or you could do stuff even, like, go to, um, like, a whatever Home Depot kind of a place and buy just a bunch of really cheap square tiles. Yeah. And just very quickly put a little bit of scenery or whatever on them. Just do up, like, a handful of, like, 50 or 100 of those, which if it's mostly sand and craters... Like maybe a couple of squigs or a couple weapons or whatever, it wouldn't drain the you know the bits reserve too badly. Yeah, and still look really freaking badass in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And then just introduce the cards when you drive onto it, so it's just like oh, you drove onto that tile, and it's a uh, yeah. plus two cards that you can be. Or I guess even yeah. cheaper than tile too. You could probably just um, like if you knew somebody that had a laser cutter, just get a shitload of playing card sized MDF pieces cut out. Yeah. That'd probably be a lot cheaper than ceramic tiles or something. Your storage yeah. is going to be a lot bigger to move around, but that could be your showcase when people come over. Well, yeah, like if it would be something really cool to have at one of those, like, because uh, we, we have a lot of tournaments locally and for various game systems, but like if you're trying to get something good to go from like a tournament to more of that convention feel, having tables like that would be something to really push it over. Yeah. So being able to kind of modify this into actually using miniatures and whatever else and be like, Bring a grot buggy. Like, tell people to, like, bring a converted grot buggy, see how it goes. You can have a painting competition because of it, of, like, who has the best converted buggy, who has the best painted buggy. It can be a whole thing as part of an event. Mm-hmm. Also, um, it's you an onslaught, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the rumor, yes. Saturday night might get interesting. Saturday night, there's going to be a lot of games, I feel, this year, so, um, which is good. But this would be the perfect Saturday night at a convention game for me. Yeah, get a beer, play some Gretchen's. So. And you can play fast, fast games. Okay. Right, so. Um, so because we're gushing on all the cool things that have come out or are about to come out, let's segue right into Warhammer Fest. <sighs> okay, I, before, we, before we talk about that, I feel like... <laughs> A month ago, we just got a big thing of, like, all the cool new shit coming out. From Gamma. From Gamma. Like, it was, like, maybe six weeks. And there was, you know, there was Kill Team. There was the Deepkin. There was all the new codexes coming out for 40K. There was all that shit. There was the, like, capping off the Shadespire. Like, all that shit was there. And I thought, wow, we know what the next six months looks like. False. Wrong. So wrong. (laughs) Um, oh, yeah, and the Chaos Blood Bowl team was there. No, now there's everything for everything coming out. Holy fuck. Yeah. You have everything from your Sisters of Battle to Adeptus Titanicus from Forge World in 8mm. There was the preview of the next uh, Necromunda gang, which is going to be Cawdor. Age of Sigmar. Yeah, Age New of edition Sigmar. of Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar 2.0. Um, and I'm sure I've forgotten probably a half dozen things. Oh, Rogue Trader. Yeah, yeah. Rogue... <laughs> I always forget Rogue Trader. And to clarify, Mike saying, oh my god, is not a bad thing. He's just worried about how much he's going to be spending. It's going to be so poor. (laughs) Yeah, it's an oh my god, my wallet. Because every single one of those releases looks amazing. Yeah. And... New new paints too. New oh uh, new oh. paints for the for the night hall. Oh yeah, because there's also the new Age of Sigmar army that looks amazing. Yeah. So let's 
Okay, I want to start this off because we, we could just randomly gush for hours, <laughs> but let's start with AOS because it's one that um, I think is surprisingly almost the coolest because for me, I was talking to guys about AOS because I haven't played a lot of it since it first came out, and I'm like, fuck, I've been playing a lot of 40K. I really wish they had command points in, in AOS. Well, they are now. Yep. They're adding command points into Age of Sigmar, so it's going to have that really characterful feel of things you can do in-game. And the neat thing I mean, about- they kind of had that with the hero phase, but it was less freeform because you have, like, one ability per guy, and you know yeah. what it is in advance. And uh, the, as a side note, usually you could only use one guy, and that was the only guy that could use that ability because if it was a general command, that was it. Done. You get that one ability. If he's dead, it's out of there. But with the new rules, if you have two guys that could both be general and they both have a power, now you can use them both. Oh, really? Yeah. So a little bit more hero hammer than before. Yeah. But not to the extreme of one guy can run train on your whole army. And it's called Archeon. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But if they're doing um, army construction rules similar to 40k so that you have to take your basic stuff to get the command points, then that limits the hero hammer as well. Because if you want those abilities... You got to have more of your what are they, battle line guys. Battle line, yep. yep, I knew a word. Yeah, and you know it's one of those things where the command points for me was kind of the perfect comp system. Like when I when I really started digging into it for 40k, it encourages you to play thematic armies because command points only work for specific things, and they made the cooler command points often be more restricted in their use. You had to take armies that looked more like armies to get more command points. And, like, the whole system around command points just was, like, w- the cleanest comp system I've ever seen in my entire life. Where you're not actually restricting anything, but it's just really getting benefits to cool shit. And adding right. that into AOS can't be a bad thing. You're incentivizing, you know, the behavior that Structure. you want rather than making it mandatory? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you still technically have freedom, but you're oh, just incentivizing oh. it to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the new spell... Models. Oh, Those look so cool. The electric testicles. Whoa. The electric testicles. Wait, wait, hold on. What's that? Was that sarcastic? No, no, I'm excited. I want that. I want the iron jaws. The mouth. Pac-Man okay, the mouth was one. The mouth and the flame face yes. are legit. Yes. But what the fuck, Purple Sun? Oh. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't. The, don't use that, I don't know. The spicy, or not spicy, spiky. <laughs> the spiky skull testicle. Yeah. It's like veiny. It honestly looks like if someone took a styrofoam ball from Michael's and, like, took some, like, sh- like some kind of weird, like, texture paint and then stuck it full of toothpicks and got, like, a weird skull face kind of stenciled on the front. And, oh, man. It, 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 it looks like second edition 40K scenery. Which it, is appropriate for second edition Age of Sigmar. I cannot fathom how much they're going to charge for that because, like, it it looked pretty big. It's huge. I don't know how much of that was like weird forced perspective in the picture, or if it's just like six inches across. Oh man! And but then the paint job on the electro testicles was not quite up to par with the rest. It was of them. electrifying. Oh man! <laughs> it was like white with blue ink. It was so weird. It was so shocking. <laughs> the, j- the the jaw spell though looks pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I am curious how wandering spells is going to impact the game because it's going to be kind of fun. Yep. Just like, uh, especially because it's only going to be probably what one or two of those things on the board at any given time um, between both players, and you're going to have. It'll look cool. It'll be kind of like in games like Gothic where you had the torpedoes on the table and you had to move around them. But it won't be that 
horrible, over-the-top nonsense of just how many fucking torpedoes were on the table with Gothic. Yeah, if you played, like, a torpedo spam Imperialist, it would get out of hand quickly. Yeah, which Mike did. What? <laughs> well, torpedoes were good. There's a reason James doesn't play fucking <laughs> Gothic anymore, and I feel, if memory serves me correctly, that is why. Yeah, when it gets to the point Maybe. of you literally don't have enough torpedo tokens in the box to, like, use your list. I made some custom ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why James hates you. That's a bit much. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it it looks cool. Um, they're tweaking the the whole, like, back-to-back turn nonsense. Not a major change, but it used to be that at the start of every turn, both players rolled a d6. Whoever rolled higher got to choose who went that first that turn, and any ties you'd re-roll. Now, if you, if you tie, whoever went first last time chooses, so that it's not as likely that the person who goes second goes first the next turn. So you're getting slightly de- decreased chance of having that Take I go turn. last and then I go first next turn. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, because that that was a very big part of the strategy of the game is do you try to minimize or maximize the chances of that happening? Like, that was a big swing in the game. But not everybody necessarily liked that. No. Because it's a big departure from traditional I go, you go. I go, I go again! Yeah, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, Sounds like they're going to be doing a full General's Compendium at the same time for rebalancing a lot of the points cost. Um, It's going to be coming up this summer as well. So, you know what? I, I'm really happy my Nurgle army is going to be done by the fall. I think uh, the only negative thing that I've heard about second edition is the starter set is going to contain more Stormcast. But they're new Stormcast. They're priests. If uh, I saw a post where they compared like different starter sets for the, the different versions of, of uh, Warhammer, and basically every... Reiteration of of the rules was a different matchup of different armies, right? Isle of Blood was High Elves and Skaven, and then there was Dwarves and Night Goblins. Goblins. Then it was Empire and Orcs. And then Lizardmen and Lizardmen. So I'll have one word to say. You play Stormcast, so it's no, no, you're biased. I'm not biased. <laughs> I, I do like them, but it's their biggest seller, just like it is, marines. absolutely. So, so they're following the same, like how many box not, sets have not had a space marine in it? No, but Games Workshop, as much as they're doing amazing things, their arguments when it comes to their biggest sellers are bullshit. Because yeah. if you're going to keep supporting a range, it's going to be your biggest seller. Yeah. Like look at fucking Dark Eldar, it's the perfect example for me. They ignored them for, what, 15 years? Oh, they're not, they're not selling, they don't need new models. They're not selling, they don't need new models. They released a new model range, and they're one of the best-selling things they'd had in a long time, for a couple of years straight. Mm-hmm. So, come on. Yeah, they're, they're doing the old chicken and egg thing, right? Mm-hmm. Circular logic, all that good stuff. I, I I'm mean, not saying I, it's right, I'm, I'm just saying it's not really a departure from stuff they've done before. No, that's very true. So that's that's all good. So and I mean for Age of Sigmar and also with the all the new stuff coming out, I'm very excited for Ghosts. The Night Haunt are much cooler than Vampires. Very very cool. So I'm a big fan of the Gash and the fact that this army fits right with him with all the swirling ghosts and uh, Have you bought Nagash yet? I own Nagash. I haven't. Have you tried to put them together yet? No, haven't even touched it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's going to be either the time where you like level up to like epic level miniature cleaning, 
Or were you just like your brain just switches over and you're like, fuck it. Fuck it. You're like, mold lines are cool. I don't care. Uh, I don't think that part will happen, unfortunately. But uh, I feel like I could say sub-assemblies are fucking bullshit and just give up on that portion of it. But I'll still clean everything. Yeah, I think. Well, I did it for the, the, for the, oh, why can't. The Celestia Knight, the one that's the big one that comes up on the spiral the prime? Uh, vortex, the prime. That's ah, it. There you go. That, so that was you know, was prime. You know two words. Yay! That that was bullshit for sub assemblies. That was like five sub assemblies, and you they pretty much had to be painted before you could put it together. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is definitely one of my concerns about uh, Night Hunt is. With a bunch of the like swirly mortise engine, black coach, whatever. Oh, that black coach looks so bad. Like, oh my ah! god! Oh, my no complaints. Just that's just a moment just of silence like, for the black coach. It's so good. It's so good. Stop talking then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, all the all the swirly ghosty bits, especially the combination of um, a lot of the dark like black cloth metals. But then the white ghostly apparitions type stuff, often there's a gradient in between rather than any kind of clear demarcation. So that could be a really hard army to paint for beginners. Like Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like there's like the, the spear form underneath and then it looks like they're wearing cloaks. So it it's like the two different like color-like layers if you want to go that route. But, but a again, lot of them, they blend from one into the other. They do. They do. And if you're trying to like mask off or tape off something for like airbrushing purposes, it's not even at all. So there's holes in everything. So much Lamian medium. I feel that there'll be a lot of overspray <laughs> if you try to use an airbrush for, yeah. for a lot of that stuff. So Yeah, the models look great. The one concern that I have would be, well, guess two, the transportation... And then the actual painting, because you wouldn't really be able to airbrush them easily. With those gradients, that's really freaking hard to do by brush. I think it's going to be really hard to recreate that studio color scheme for new players. Mm-hmm. Like, re- even even for old, experienced veteran painters, that's going to be a tough army to paint. Yeah, but I think if you're wanting to look at it from a standpoint of, like, straight-up beginner, this is an army that you could probably get away with priming white, use those new paints, and then pick out weapons. Lots of washes. Um, like for if you just paint like the more like Army of the Dead, Lord of the Rings style, yeah, where like pure ghosts. If you want to just go like get this done, get it on the table for a beginner. Yeah. Just do it Army of the Dead style with cool bases, and yeah. I, it would be a really good beginner army for and, as a painter, yeah, and it would look fair. good. And hopefully, hopefully, some of the alt color schemes in the army book or the uh, battle tome, whatever you call it, will be a little bit more easy to paint and won't have those like black through ghostly white. Um, uh, gradients because that yeah. is going to be a bitch for the average or intermediate painter. Yep. And it's also still really time consuming for someone that is more comfortable with their painting chops as well. Like, yeah. um, and I'm honestly thinking to myself, like, I might even just army of the dead this army and just like have it half decent on the tabletop really easy. Yeah, with, with an airbrush and the new technical paints and all the other stuff, you could do tactical painting very easily if you're not doing that gradient color scheme. Yeah. But. And just have an army done, you know? Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm at a point now with, with a lot of my hobbying where just getting armies done and on the table is awesome. Um, and you can still have it look pretty cool as well. Especially with the dark, like, um, graveyard-esque um, basing on them. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, okay. And, and did I mention no vampires? Yeah. Because I, I really don't like vampires, Tom. Well, there should be one vampire. Why? Um, in the casket on the black coach. Black coach. 
Well, he's in a box. He doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, you can just have, as I assume you can have the, uh, what are they called? The, um, what's the knight guy from the, end, the campaign? I can't remember what he's called. But he was like their, the model that they came out with from the campaign before the new Battle Tome. Kirsten? No, he's he's like a Wraith character guy. Oh, oh now, from that malign importance thing? Yeah, and yeah. now he's on a horse. Team. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Why can't I remember his I name? Can't think of is it like the Knight of Shadows or something random like that? Sure. I don't know. Some random guy with a fancy name. He looked pretty cool, and he's yep. not a vampire. And you can have him, and yep. no vampire, because fuck vampires. Right? <laughs> well, you probably Blade. shouldn't. Except for Blade, because he's cool. <laughs> There's only half. <laughs> okay. Um, first off, wow. Uh, second off, I think that's about it for AOS. Um, do you want to? I'd like to just touch on Blood Bowl because I forgot about the Dark Elves. <sighs> yeah, they look good. They look re- like the Corsair team. Go on. Um, so one of the things on the community page, they showed the the new Dark Elf team. They did not show all the cheerleaders that have been announced that are coming out as well. There's two to three cheerleader models for almost every team they've released so far. I think Goblins and Skaven are the only ones that don't have them. Huh. What the? <laughs> uh, but the orc cheerleaders are grotesque. Uh, they should be. There's the Chaos cheerleaders. There's Elven Union cheerleaders. There's going to be Dark Elf cheerleaders. And the models look really good. Wait, no dwarf either? Mm, I guess no dwarf. <laughs> three for three, Mike. <laughs> wow. Wow. You sure know how to pick them. Yeah. Um, but think of all the money you'll save. No, that's, no, I don't think that would have made it big. But just, that's just first wave, right? And then there also is the new um, troll that Forge World's releasing, which looks really good. Yeah, I need him too. Because um, yeah. the one where he's like throwing the goblin or whatever the hell, it's, it's not as universal. Like not all trolls throw goblins. And I think it's also fairly polarizing. Myself, I think it's one of the most characterful models Games Workshop's ever released. But a lot of people don't like the pose or don't like... I didn't like it because... Are you talking about the the plastic troll? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. But I I didn't like it because it was... When I do a lot of stuff like that, I want something to be unique, and that model to convert would be really challenging. Very. I'm in the same boat as Dan. I wasn't a big fan just of how... You don't count. You don't have anything painted... Oh. <laughs> oh! Shots fired. Dan has more painted blood bowl than you do. Fuck! I'll dig out my old goblin team, Mike. I bet you can't even find it. Are you sold I know it exactly already? Where Are, it you is. Sure? Are they painted? Uh, just my rank and file. I'm not happy with, but everything else, like special team or special weapons, everything like that, trolls, all painted. Nice. So, yeah. why have we not been playing blood bowl? Because <laughs> shiny stuff, like I like. Better. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but yeah, the Dark Elves look really good. And honestly, the turnaround time on this is staggering. Because we just got a team, and it had been a long time. To get the Pro Elves, or whatever they're called, it took a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah very long. So what was the projected release window for the Dark Elves? It's apparently July. Holy shit. Which is way faster than anticipated. So I'm hoping there'll be probably two more teams this year, at least, I want to say. Well, it sounds like one of the things with Blood Bowl is that it used to only be two people on the development team. That was rules and models. They're now up to seven. So they're talking they're going to be doing quarterly teams now. Which is going to be fantastic. I want Lizardmen. Yep. Lizardmen team? Right? Or Norse, or the Bretonians that don't actually have a team yet. It could be really cool. New Wood Elves would be awesome. 
Um, any of the undead, like I think Games Workshop is killing it with undead models right now. So an undead team from them for Blood Bowl would be like really, really good. And that could happen probably pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, so they might put a stupid vampire in it. No vampires separate from undead. There's like four different kinds of undead teams. Oh, that's a, right too. I don't have a vampire in my army or my team. I should say. Sorry. <laughs> so also the ogre. Anyways, so there's. <laughs> So Blood Bowl looks great. They've announced it's going to be uh, a new format. Or I guess it was before with the, the actual, like, the magazine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spike. Spike magazine instead of having the um, the Death Zone supplement. Yeah. So it's a lot more fluff. Those are going to be released with every new team. With the new team in it. Everything looks great. Forge World is really stepping up to the plate for... Blood Bowl, finally. Hopefully we'll get our Goblin special weapons that we don't have yet. Yeah. I, would all, soon. I would say all the special games Fortune has really been filling that gap. Like, how many Necromunda the, no, it was just, there There was are. quite the little lull there for a while, though. Like there, the, yeah. I think there was just based on that initial, holy crap, we're not making this stuff fast enough, we have to hire more staff. The demand, like, there was the a bit of a lag. Yeah. There was a bit of a lag as they shifted gears there, but... Uh, Speaking yeah. of shifting gears, Necromunda. Jesus Christ. Holy shit! Those models, dude. The which ones? Which ones do you even mean? There's so many good-looking models. All of them. All of them. I'm interested to see the Cawdor because the artwork for them is a little bit of a departure from what they used to be. Not really. They're they're a little bit skinnier and more shitty looking. Like they're a little the bit shitty. More, lo- they're the a little shitty looking more, is what I was going. They're shitty a little more shitty. Both. They're a little <laughs> bit more Bretonian peasants inspired than yes. before. They seemed more like Empire fanatic. Flagellants you know, and everything like that. But, so maybe they're trying to divide that wedge a little bit between the Redemptionists and House Cotter proper. Oh, uh, yeah. So maybe they'll have those be a little bit different rather than just we have gimp masks or clan hoods. I really hope they stay away from the hoods as a side note. Yeah, I want them to go masks rather than hoods. I think if they but, did more of like the um, like Italian, like with the with the long nose yeah. mask and everything like that, I think that would be better but that, than... But the Cotter model looks like he has that, so... Yeah. Yeah, like I'm... I was holding off for Cawdor because I'm like, I want to do Cawdor. I love the old models, especially like the not so clanny ones. And um, that piece of artwork, holy shit. And you know we're going to get it probably by the end of the summer, early fall. Yeah, they well, at this point, it's probably going to be September ish, yeah. Because if the other one's out like in the summer window, then two or three months after that, it's going to be like you September, buy October. Some Oh, I've I've bought in all the Necromunda, but my money's <laughs> going to something else that we haven't talked about yet. So. Oh, oh, there's no. so much more. So, no, 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 um, no, 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 no. I think 40k was one of the only like didn't really get talked about much. Well, Rogue Trader got talked about. Rogue Trader. Well, there's Rogue Trader. Is that the, was that what you're talking about? Well, that's part of it. But. Okay, so Rogue <laughs> Trader. Um, God damn, those models look good. And the scenery looks like the Underhive style scenery pretty much exactly, so it'll be compatible with Necro scenery. The models themselves, yeah, look really cool for that uh, Rogue Traders War Band and the Nurgle cultists. They look like Arbites, and uh, the, the Nurgle like models themselves, we talked about it on, um, on our discussion page, uh, those are finally models that I want to make spawns. Yeah. And because I play Zinch, like I, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to take any spells that make spawns because I fucking hate the spawn models. Because they're garbage. They are. And now <laughs> I'm just like, fuck's sakes, I need to like now take a bunch of spawn uh, spells. And so, so here's a question. The board layout looks so similar to Necromunda. Well, but in space. But in space. Do you think it could be compatible? 
Well, rules-wise, I haven't seen anything that talked about the rules mechanics for it, so I have no clue. I think you could probably use those boards to play Underhive. Yeah. I can't really see why not. It's just corridors. Man, I would really love to see those rules compatible and just, like, bam, we've got, like, weird cultist shit and Arbites in Necromunda. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. I somehow doubt it, but um, that would be that would be a really cool bonus. Like... But, I mean, you could just use them as a Venator gang from White Dwarf, where it's just like a bounty hunter gang. Yeah. And away you go. Because those are some of the most open-ended rule sets. Like, the different types of bounty hunters you could hire have very different stat lines. Stat lines that you could use to represent, like, a faster, less tough guy or a shorter, slower, tougher guy. So you can basically make non-human or abhuman profiles and just give them Necromunda equivalent gear. Yeah. So, like, if you wanted to have more, um, you know, more stunty guys to go with the one bounty hunter model that Forge World has for the Demiurge, like, you can do stuff like that. And, yeah, I think there's definitely potential to be bringing them into Necromunda one way or another, but I somehow doubt the, the rules directly will port over. That's fair. Um, okay. Elephant in the room, guys. <gasps> go ahead, Mike. Titanicus! Oh, it's the first box game I bought ever. Did you, did you just mimic ejaculating on the podcast? No. Not on purpose. He just did. Uh, he just did. wasn't mimicking. Wow. Mike, one of us. One of us. Uh, <laughs> oops. I, I would say Titanicus is going to get most of my money this year. Oh, God. The shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I, oh, Dan, good job with the towel. Um, I need that. I never played the original Titanicus. The it mo- wasn't that great, but it evolved into epic eventually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. But the models for this are awesome. Dan, you've heard the, they're going to be releasing like a new Titan basically every month. Yeah, I think they were saying for the first few months they're going to release a uh, Titan at a time. So like the Warlords, then the Reavers, then the Knights. Uh, Warhounds, I think, are going to come after that. Mm-hmm. So they're not in the initial release for Warhounds, which weirded out some people. Like I know Tim... Yeah. commenting on that like they were kind of the obvious omission yeah. but they're just not in the starter set yeah no exactly <laughs> they're coming and then I mean that leaves the the gate wide open for elder titans to come out and potentially titans and, I think yeah. the the timeline for the board game I believe is Horus Heresy which mimics the if I remember correctly the original Horus Heresy um, box in 1988 the excuse for having the same models in two different colors was they made up the idea of the Horus Heresy, a civil war, so that the same models would be on both sides. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going back where this starter set is uh, like heresy era. So the part there will be parts included for loyalist and chaos um, aligned legions. They won't be necessarily full on like mutated, like possessed demon engine type things, yeah. but there will be some chaos bits on the sprue. And in time they can potentially expand to do Full armies, different timelines, different races, whatever. Yeah. The door will be wide open for all that stuff as they bring out expansions down the road. Yeah. And That I, sounds hot. And I think what what I'm also most excited for would be the terrain. The oh. buildings look good. The buildings look good. Uh, I feel that they will be useful in... Battletech. 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 Drop zone. Because um, they're 8 mil Not scale. to mention Titanicus. Yeah. Uh, so... The yeah. fact that they're 8 mil scale, which splits the difference between Battletech and Drop Zone scale, mm-hmm. 
That's kind of perfect from a scenery perspective. Yeah, exactly. So I feel that I've been buying a bunch of those box sets, unfortunately. So. Oh, why the fuck wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> and not only is it the right scale, but it looks good. Yes. Yeah. It looks really, really good. And no windows, because the windows are cut out. I don't have to paint windows, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, and, and the kind of nice thing about this, too, is with that 8mm scale, because like Drop Zone, it's, the scale's not perfect. On a lot of those models, it's not like it's no. one of those games where it's a very precise scale from one piece to the other. Um, it, it'll be really nice for me to be able to do up a really good-looking board that I could use for Titanicus or BattleTech or Drop Zone instead of having to have like, okay, so here's, I, I don't have to like triple up on different kinds of terrain. Mm-hmm. Really, is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I live in an apartment, storage is a factor, and the Plastic Games Workshop terrain is often. Pretty bang on price wise, like it could be it could be cheaper MDF stuff, but it often looks better than the MDF mm-hmm. and costs less than like the high end resin. Yeah, it's usually in the happy medium the last couple of years anyway. So, and sorry to jump back to the first topic here briefly, but there was also a bunch of Age of Sigmar terrain that's coming out too. Some of the new buildings. Oh yeah, there's a different um, a different height set of the Azurite Ruins, I think. Yeah, which oh, yeah. everything will tie into the existing um, terrain that they've already released, like the Dragon Fate Dice. Yeah, but that's cool, but like, t- but Titanicus. Titanicus, yes. Yeah, like, so. Christ. And the, what, oh. this, it's going to be cool, because one oh. of the things I love about Drop Zone and Battletech at that scale, the models paint up quick. Yeah. Like, a lot of cheap techniques, you're getting, you're playing the game very quickly, and you're probably getting the same thing out of Titanicus. I would imagine so. I think those will paint up, obviously, a lot faster than the 40K scale equivalents. Yes. Oh, Christ. <laughs> but uh, also, um, Forge World is going to be doing upgrade packs for all the kits um, as well. Like, So they're going to do things like Ursus Claws um, for adding to the Titans to do, uh, oh, shoot, what are they called? The Legion that's out aligned with the World Eaters. They basically have harpoon launchers and chains to like harpoon and like tip over and drag around other smaller Titans. Mm. Or so multiple Warhounds okay could like... Harpoon and take down the big battle engine. Stretchy pants next time. Oh, so Stretchy good. pants. Do we? Okay. Do you think we're gonna get an emperor? Like the full-on imperator? Yeah. It would be that would be like bigger than night scale. They would be huge. It's definitely possible. They didn't. I don't think they said anything about one coming. Well, obviously not right away, but that would be cool. I don't see why it would be impossible. It would just be like a full-on hundred and eighty dollar kit for one guy. <laughs> And that would basically be your army, I'm guessing. Did they hint at all when that's being released on what time frame? I don't recall that specifically. I think I almost know. everything that they leaked at Warhammer Fest was by the end of this year, except for the Sister of Battle, obviously, which is 2019. Well, that first one will be out in advance of the army. Right, yeah, okay. So um, the one that's actually based off of one of my favorite pieces of Sisters of Battle oh, art right. by Carl Kapinski, who's a sweet artist that used to work for GW, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe he does again. Some of his artwork is at least starting to reappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that model will be out in advance of the rest of the army, so that might be sometime this year as like a character. Yeah, because I honestly like the Blood Bowl stuff will be out by the end of the summer. Um, Rogue Trader is by the end of 2018. Yeah. Um, Titanicus, I feel like it's supposed to be September. I feel like I feel like Titanicus to me would make sense in the November slot. Damn it, that's what I thought. Because too. that's when they come out with Necromunda and Blood Bowl previously. Whereas the one-off stuff is usually more like summerish, is, to, to my recollection. Right. So they might switch that. 
but I, I wasn't at games day. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't quite recall that off the top of my head what the order of release is, but shit, it doesn't matter. I'm just buying it all. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's funny, because like I said, to kind of start off this whole thing, I feel like we just got a massive wave of holy shit, this stuff's coming out. Yep. Like... February, March. There was tons of news for 40K and the other GW systems. Because we're still expecting Kill Team. In and amongst all of this other sweet shit, Kill Team's coming out and a great, apparently, like a really cool terrain set that goes with it. Yep. That should be working for 40K. Like, And that wasn't even on fuck. the radar for, no. for Warhammer Fest. So the, it's, it's crazy how fast and furious this stuff is coming. And it all looks good. Yeah. And on top of this, we also should be expecting... One or two codexes every month for 40k. Yeah. Like, at some point, your orcs will get a book. Hopefully they get a fucking war buggy. Hopefully, uh, maybe a grot buggy. I thought uh, the orcs uh. were supposed to be pretty soon, actually. It would It surprised me if they were much later than fall, but who knows? I, I would say the summer. Yeah, I'm thinking summer, too. Actually. They could... Either way, it's... They'll, they'll come out when they come out. Do you, do you feel, though, that the um, other companies right now are sweating when whenever there's an event now? Like, what is GW going to release that we have to try to contend with? I'd be shitting my pants. I would, too. Like, honestly... I don't imagine it's very happy at the privateer headquarters. I mean, that's pure speculation on my part, but just based on the news coming out of GW versus everybody else, I'd be pretty freaking nervous if I was in one of the bigger competitors, for sure. Well, you know, even just looking at ourselves as a bit of a microcosm of, of gamers, obviously it's a small sample size, we can't fully extrapolate, but when we started this podcast, most of us were moving away from Games Workshop. Oh, well, we hated it. Like, Steve was really it the was only the guy X. doing it. And, like, I was putting a ton of money into um, Weird, into uh, Privateer Press. At the time, we were putting a lot of money into Spartan. I had Hawk. Hawk, Hawk right? Like, a lot of the... Um, you guys also with your Corvus Belly. Yeah. Like, there's all of these other companies that we were actually actively supporting, whereas... Oh, yeah, uh, X-Wing was a thing. X-Wing, right? <laughs> like, I'm trying to think now of the last time I spent money on something that wasn't Game Workshop, and it's months. Mm-hmm. Like, months. And I've put a lot of money into Games Workshop stuff in the last <laughs> six months as well. Like, and it's at a point now, too, where, you know what, I'm going to lock and load next month. And, yeah, those um, Crucible Guard look really cool, but I'd rather go, I'd rather save my money for Titanicus. Oh, yeah. Or Rogue Trader. <laughs> Sorry. Or <laughs> Kill Team. What's this word or you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong. I've fully I've officially fully attained dink status, so it's it's an and. It's an and. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh man. You could do yellow. No, never mind. It was a joke. It's not gonna work. You're not gonna do it. Yellow what? Titanicus. Look it up. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I really, really, really hope they introduce orcs into that game. That'd be pretty cool, too. Do some gargants. Oh, it's super easy. Air quote belly guns. Oh, my God, the air quote belly guns. Uh, what's really funny about that, too, is that I really hope that this follows the same progression where it leads to Epic. Um, I know it's starting with Titanicus and not to expect much more, but for me, I never really played the game, but the first thing Games Workshop I ever did was play the um, Final Liberation on oh, yeah. PC. yeah. With the quote-unquote belly guns. And it was like playing the Imperials against the Orcs. I was just like, 
I want these orcs. And like, it just <laughs> kind of became the thing. Right. Uh, and so I've always really wanted to get into Epic, but by the time I was really had the, the drive to, it was being shut down. No one was playing it, anything like that. And I'll be honest with you. I love playing games in that scale. And I would love to play 40K in Drop Zone scale. And like, to be able to play with 40K, those centerpiece models, and not have to spend like $18,000 on Forge World, mm. you'd only have to spend $1,800 on Forge World. But let's face it, we're going to buy all the things. And it's oh, not going to be cheap. But no. it'll be like a factor of 10 cheaper than buying it in 40K scale. And transporting. And, you know, playing on a table where it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Like, you can actually have a gargantuan squigoth and a gargant and three or four stompas and several battle wagons and like a horde of killicans like to me that kind of is the 40k that i want to play but not at 40k scale yep you could do you could do a lot more true horde armies in that scale for sure and we'll see where it takes us but yeah you're right the the original release path for um adeptus titanicus Started with Titanicus, then they did a Space Marine expansion, yep. and then it later over the years became full on Epic. Yeah. So if they did that literally again, and figuratively, yeah. And if they did that again, that would that would make a lot of sense because you know they it would make a lot of sense for them to do one Space Marine army, and then they can just okay, you can just paint it in any of the eighteen colors and have horse heresy armies now. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a perfectly logical extension, and then start doing Xenos. That's actually why I'm really excited about this because it's it's that era, and you, I could do all the Death Guard colors and stuff like this. But I'm I'm still playing Imperial, really, honest. <laughs> or even just like all of those, all of those armies we wanted to do for the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Um, being able to do it in a tenth of the time, mm-hmm. um, and have those massive hordes of Marines. Like I would, in a heartbeat, do up uh, an epic Iron Warrior army, like with. Well, because it would take that no would time. paint so fast. <laughs> right? <laughs> Vallejo metal color and then a wash and you're basically done. Yeah. And then like tiniest gold trim. <laughs> a little bit of black. I like that. A little bit. But like it would paint up really quick. Yeah. And it had a really awesome size and magnitude of the game. I really like, and I hate keeping on saying the word epic because it's also the name of the old game, but that grandiose scale of battle that just takes forever in 40K and it's never worked. Yeah. Like all those times where you're like, man, Apocalypse is going to be so much fun. And False. it never is. It is never that enjoyable because it takes way too long to play a game. Yeah. And it's just, you get through like a turn and a half and then everyone gets bored and fucks off. Um, so you don't really get those epic, grandiose feeling games. But if you could play that on like a four by six board and have it be effectively like 10,000 points aside, mm-hmm. that would be cool because it'll be done in like an hour and a half. So, yeah. I'm really, really, really excited for this one. That one, that one is going to get expensive. It looks, it looks oh, really freaking cool. I think Ward's full in on that one, too, aren't you? Yeah. Let's oh. just say all of us are not standing up anytime soon. No. 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 <laughs> um, have we missed anything from that to talk about? God, probably. I feel like we probably have. I just can't think of it. Oh, yeah, there's new Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> oh, that's right. There was Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> and we're done with that. Oh, uh, man. Next. Okay. I can't believe they're still doing Lord of the Rings. Like, honestly. Why? Because they still have a contract, Tra- maybe? Yeah, that's, I think that that's, that's my guess. Somebody's <laughs> got to be buying it. I, People probably. in the UK? 
I don't know. But or I don't know. We don't people don't in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like really like that's their thing, and they're holding on to it. It's like these movies were filmed here. This is our game. This is all we've got. That and sheep. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But like, oh man, I'm just. I'm always surprised when I see that stuff. Yeah. I, I always have that, oh, yeah, this exists feeling. So, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay. Uh, man, I, I don't even know. What time are we at, by the way? Uh, a little over an hour. A little over an hour? So, Ward, um, we wanted to talk about the road to Powtown. Yes. And I guess really the question I've got for you is, like, really what... As someone who I have not seen go to a tournament in... Um, that he wasn't running. I go to, yeah, I go to a tournament every year. Running. Yeah, but he's not going there. He's holding it. There's a difference. No, but, like, you didn't Tom even you didn't even play a game at LVO this, this year. LVO, I didn't, no. Right? Like, I've seen you go to a couple drop zone or drop fleet things out of the country <laughs> in the last several years. Outside of that, the like, the last local tournament that I remember you playing in, yeah. keeping in mind that I never really was part of X-Wing. Yeah was when we went to a dystopian wars tournament before this podcast started. That that's where well, on the way back, that's where we came up with the name for the yes. podcast. And that was 2014. That was a long time ago. Uh was you're it really that long. Okay, yeah. Sorry. You are going to Powtown. I'm going to Powtown. Why? Uh Lair. That's why. <laughs> what? Yeah. He uh is a uh, good negotiator and uh convinced me like, "Hey, you know what? Like this is this is a good event. You should come out, uh, take part. I know that you don't really have anything that you've played so far. You just you just signed up for NAF. Um, but he's like, I think it would be really good. And I was like, well, you know what? Like That weekend there could be something going on, so I'll get back to you. And it turns out that um, I'm busy the weekend after. So I committed. I, I paid my deposit, and I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to paint up an <laughs> army in a few weeks, or a team, I should say. And uh, and go because the other thing is you've been raving about the community. Um, the this commu- is Blood Bowl. I don't this know if we've said the word in Sorry. the last five minutes. I, I feel that we have. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's Blood Bowl. It's um, Powtown. <laughs> and then the uh, the uh, community that came to Onslaught this year was was awesome as well. So like, no no complaints. The event is really easy and smooth to run. Um, there's so much support, like locally for it, uh, with third party making mats and and such. There's tons of different miniature ranges that you can go out and buy, and the fact that GW is investing heavily back into specialist games, it's just a good time. So, yeah. So you have uh, maybe talk me through like what team you chose and why. Um, so for me, I usually play things that I like the look of. They don't necessarily do the best in the games. Uh, so I really got uh, attracted to Grebo Games' uh, Undead Renaissance. So they look like Undead Italians. They've got the nice foofy hats, and uh, they've got a bunch of mummies that you could also buy, so I picked up those four. So I'm going to play them as Camry, since there is no Camry team, unfortunately, released uh, right now. 
And, uh, yeah, we're going to see how that goes, and I have a feeling I'm going to lose a lot of my games. Yeah. So. And when's the last time you played a, a physical game of Blood Bowl? Oh, Ooh, he's got you now. Uh, I want to say years ago before this podcast was Have you was played created. any games since the staff campaign that we were forced to play in? I don't think so. So we might have played one of our last games of Blood Bowl ever together. Together, correct, yeah. In a movie theater. Yeah. Like in the theater on the floor. Yeah, so what's really funny about this is that I had not played Blood Bowl until last year's Powtown. Mm-hmm. And the last time I'd played Blood Bowl was in the league that we had at Alberta Hobby when Nathan and I were working there in high school. Wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we're, bo- yeah. we're both in the, we're all in that, other than Mike, in that territory of like haven't played in a decade, basically. It was a lot more. It was like a decade and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a long time. A lot of years, yeah, um, for sure. So, but. Because uh, that would have been 2004. When would that have been for me? That would have been second year university, or maybe even first year university for me. And I've been graduated for like nine years. <laughs> so yeah, so so quite a while then. Yeah. yeah. So th- I mean, there is there is quite the gap between the the playing, but then I mean, the nice thing is Blood Bowl rules haven't really changed that nope. much. They really haven't, man. Like There's I played small tweaks. It's a living rule book. You can download it. They've got uh, different resources that you can get. They've re released the game. So you can get the official rules and everything as well. So it's starting to sound a lot like BattleTech, just like that. Yeah, what was really neat for me, I played half a game against Barry yep. before going to Powtown. Yep, and then ended up with like a winning record at Powtown. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Like barely, it was in six games. I think it was like a three, two, and one. Okay, yeah. uh, kind of record. But yeah, like uh, the game hasn't changed much. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited, honestly, because it feels. Like I said, very reminiscent of what happened for me last year where I went and Luke and Barry were both kind of badgering me enough. And I was like, fine, fuck it. I don't see some of these friends enough. So I went to Powtown and I've been doing almost nothing but playing Blood Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you went to LVO and played Blood Bowl and and everything. I've been to two or three other Blood Bowl tournaments in Calgary since. I've been to several in Edmonton. Like Onslaught Blood Bowl. Yeah, so... And uh, I'm I'm excited. So I think it's going to be a blast, dude. Like it is. Um, if you so pre-registration is now over for blood for Powtown, so you're not going to get custom NAF swag. That being said, you're still going to get all the same swag as everyone else. It's not going to have your name on it. So, like I know we've mentioned this before, but there's the dice cup for rolling with the little um, coaster to roll on. Yeah. There's the Powtown dog tags. There's the, the dice, the patch, um, on top of all of the trophies and prizes that he has. Mm-hmm. And he's always throwing away prizes for, like, who rolls the the first person to roll double skulls and then re-roll double skulls gets a prize. Like, sweet shit like that. Last year, Wooden Spoon also got a fully painted team. Because well. um, they're like, wow, you suck with this team. Have a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and the trophies are really cool, um, and there's a ton of them, and it's probably going to only be more, because we already have 40 fucking players there's 40, pre-registered. There's 40 people signed up right now. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking about signing up for, for Powtown, I, I can't recommend enough. Um, also, if you like Blood Bowl, um, uh, Jack is going to be there from Maelstrom Games, and he always has some extra stuff with him to sell that is super legit. Like his pitches and skill tokens and um, just like the gaming accessories he has for Blood Bowl is top notch, and he's a local, and he his pricing is is 
spot on for some sweet shit. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really excited you're coming down because... For me, this is one of the best gaming weekends of the year. Well, I didn't. I don't want to tell you. I wanted to surprise you. So hope, hopefully, you were surprised when you saw my name on the uh, the sign up sheet, and you're like, "What the fuck? Who put that there?" Yeah, exactly. It's like this isn't right. So, this is a joke. Um, <laughs> exa- exactly. Ward doesn't play games I like to play. But it's uh, it's June uh, 9th and tenth. If you're interested, down in Calgary at Century Box. Um, I don't know how much more room he has, but hopefully we can as much as as much as he needs, man. Yeah. Like they'll give him the whole mezzanine if he needs it. There you go, and you don't need a lot of room to play Blood Bowl, which is the other nice yeah. thing too. So um, you can play it on the floor of a movie theater. You can play it on the floor. Of yeah, a movie no, it's it's really good. The other thing that I really love about Powtown, all the pitches are the Maelstrom Gaming pitches, so they all have like all the extra rules you need on the side. They're easy to play on. Um, Your dice aren't gonna bounce and go crazy. It's the neoprene. Uh, they're not all the neoprene. Some of them are like the vinyl one, but they, they're all really good. They're all really good. So, um, um, and then for me, yeah. So I just i i finished basing my team yesterday. I primed them before I went to paint and pout, and uh, so I've got the bases done, and I've got the blue base color done on them. So, but again, I'm going with a hopefully relatively simple tech color scheme and uh, we'll see what happens I, didn't I have a few weeks all. off didn't mock you at all nope no no we'll this guy nope we'll see what happens and if we play you're gonna kick my ass I don't know about that no I'm playing halflings dude oh okay yeah like yeah. let's just say I'm I'm my, not going this year to win games my, my mummy should be able to to kill a few halflings is, is the yeah is the hope for that so my only response is gonna be the three tree men that's it <laughs> and just hope you don't like hack at my wood <laughs> <laughs> we'll see Ooh, what's going to be that kind of a weekend. So I, I do, I, I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the best tournaments, really, for any game system in probably Western Canada. Um, if you even think you might want to try and play Blood Bowl, this is the time to do it. Just go. It's a blast. Um, I'll throw up some progress of, uh, of my painting here on the, the blog in the next couple weeks as well, so... You can hopefully make fun of me or cheer me on to the finish line of, of having a painted team. So Oh, oh I know what I'm going to do. I know what Mike's going to do already. <laughs> Ooh, so. okay, Ward. I feel like you're going to throw me another challenge, and don't we have enough already? <laughs> <laughs> this is a short-term challenge. Oh, my God. Okay. If you can get your... <coughs> if Yeah, if you can get your undead painted yeah. before I get my halflings done... That won't happen, but okay. I'll pay for your hotel room. Uh, and there's no drawback for me, correct? Correct. Uh, why not, then? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, challenge accepted. Yeah. yeah. All right, this has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And play some games, paint some models, have fun, and come to Powtown. It's going to be great.